2024, people, it is here. How do you feel about it? Is it your year? I, as many people have said it, this is my year. So that makes me feel very suspicious. If it's everyone's year, where are we going? Yes, Mary, I did invest in some new equipment. I feel like a professional now. Hopefully it also looks like. Though I'm not a professional, I'm just, you know, I'm just sharing my experience and research and so on. And I like to talk like most of YouTubers. 2024, I have to say, is the first year after some time where I feel like I am ready to put some action into it. That sounds so bad. For those of you who might feel like you are over it, you're just over the whole goal setting thing or, uh, oh, what will this new year bring? Look, look, I've been there multiple times. It is okay. Sometimes you just need that. Take it. But the three things that I want to make sure that I'm bringing with me a lot of things that I even shared in videos because, you know, I share my experiences, which hopefully one day won't come to bite me in the ass. But the three things are redefining success. So how am I seeing success uh, apart from how success is shown to us? What does made it mean in society or on media, let's say, versus what does success actually mean to me? And pursuing that. The second thing is finding balance between trust and self-discipline. And the third thing is acknowledging my shortcomings. Like I need to be real with myself when there are things that I am avoiding or that I don't really have control of and how to not just ignore it. Now, I want to start with the thing that I feel right now everyone is on about. The self-discipline and trust. Now, here's the thing. I've been on both sides. I've been on the side when I was working too much and it burned me out. I was pushing myself to the point that I shouldn't be pushing myself. And I've been on the side where I've totally let it go. You do not know, but I've been already talking for an hour. <laughs> but my camera didn't film. The first example is uh, being consistent on YouTube and developing consistency. Uh, so here's the thing. I quit my job two years ago now to pursue being a YouTuber, <laughs> every mom's nightmare. And I thought that once I quit my job, I'm just going to use all the energy that I had to then put it in my YouTube content and uh, developing a YouTube channel and community. Imagine investing the 10 hours at work, investing into your business. I mean, you will be, no, you won't be, okay? That was my mindset that I always had. And okay, maybe I'm too strong by saying you won't be because Mary, you might be, but it didn't go that way with me because the structure environment provided a sense of security, control, and trust. Yes, it was making me miserable at one point. I was like dreading to get out, out of bed to go to work. But on the other hand, it did provide me the safety 
by having a job, by knowing what to do, and kind of having guidance. So when I went to, you know, being self-employed, all of those things now were occupying those 10 hours I had in at, at work, right? It wasn't just 10 hours here means 10 hours here, because these 10 hours here add also but what are you supposed to do? Are you trusting yourself to even do it? Are you really not having any stability on a monthly basis? Like you're not 20 years old. What are you doing? All of that was happening, which made me, which made it very difficult for me to, you know, just, just go into this and do it. There was a lot of learning I had to do about myself and the trust I have in myself working on my own. Now, of course, the idea is to just, like I said, put all in, be on this platform, like, okay, be on YouTube, of course, post two times per week, because now you have the time, be on Instagram, uh, be on maybe TikTok, like I know at some point I was trying even to do that, uh, then develop a website, think about what is going to be your digital product, all of these things kind of become these goals that you need to achieve. And I would be very motivated, like, you know, you are motivated at the beginning of the year. This was a beginning of a life choice, um, a different life choice. Um, I would put all of that pressure on me to achieve it, and I would constantly be burning out, okay? I would constantly find myself procrastinating, find myself blocked by fear, uh, and it would be just difficult to actually be consistent. Now, there was a period where I managed to be like consistent and I reached certain goals. And that's, I think the 12-week year video I did talks about it. And hands down, I do most definitely recommend the 12-week year strategy. I still use it to this day. I love it. It's, you know, focus on one thing and then build on that, but maybe more on that later. So that was a time where I feel like I managed to focus on one thing, which was just uploading, meaning I took away the pressure to do all of these things, and it actually helped me to achieve a goal, which I haven't achieved in a long time, because every time I was just setting goals, but not really falling through, like actually achieving it. But life also happens and, you know, I also wanted to do something else with this free time or newfound freedom uh, to do things that I always wanted to do in life, which was traveling. So I did the typical thing, you know, packed my things, me and my man packed our things and we went to, first stop was Bali to, you know, work from there, work on our goals and yadida, and then travel Southeast Asia. And that was also like... <laughs> girl seriously seriously you really thought that you're gonna change your whole environment while changing your whole life and still be very good at your business and su succeed at being consistent and so on <laughs> no it does not happen that way so there was also a lot of uh, you know stress in that period but since I came back for the last half year I took a step back I looked at the situation and I was like, okay, I struggle with being consistent. That's the one thing I need to first build before I 
scale it up. Before I think about Instagram and this platform and this website and this product and blah, blah, blah. Okay, I need to be real with myself. And let me tell you, it is difficult to be real with yourself, especially when you are inspired to do more, when you have opportunity to do more. That's when you're kind of, you know, it's difficult to say stick with one thing. It feels like impossible. How can you stick with one thing when I have all this energy to do so many things? Stick with one thing. So I gave myself the um, leverage of not pushing myself to do so many things and just actually focus on developing this consistency. So this was an example of where I set a goal and I was successful in actually pursuing it. Because for the last couple of months, I've been consistent. I've been posting once per week and it actually developed at the beginning. It was a little bit challenging, you know, still finding how to do everything. But um, it actually became very comfortable thing. Like I could easily do it while still maintaining a normal well-being. There was no specific sacrifices made. I still uh, enjoyed my day-to-day life. I still went to, um, I don't know, social things that we had or took a day off, took a weekend off. So I managed to find this balance between the two, being productive, being disciplined, but also letting go. That was perfect. Now I'm also at a point because I developed this consistency and I'm not traveling anytime soon. Like I am staying at home right now. Um, I, uh, now I feel like I can actually take it to the next level, which I'm going to try and do now this upcoming year. Fingers, fingers crossed. (laughs) Now going to example where me giving myself some time and uh, let go of the pressure didn't go so well. Okay. It was a disaster. It is a disaster. And it is an example of physical exercise. Right. We both know it. Right. Uh, Okay. Mary, if you are very good and consistent at it, hats off to you. Lucky bitch. I, yeah, I, ooh, I struggle. So here's the thing. I've always been an active person, okay, since I was a kid. Was I trying to be less at home? Maybe. But every time after school, I would make sure I do some activity. I was running. I was uh, jumping. Okay, that sounds weird. But like the athletics, we had like athletics activities. I was playing basketball. At one point, I was even like training chess, which mental workout. And throughout all, I was also dancing. That was also, for those of you who already followed this channel, you know, that was, still is. I would even have like, uh, me and my friend uh, from first from high school and then from university, we would go running every evening, you know, like when you see these healthy people running. Yes, we were one of those. We would also try to go to gym. Now, going to the gym was up and down, like we would be very consistent for a month and then maybe not. But there was always this part of, I knew that being um, active is important for my well-being, or I don't know, maybe I just wanted to look hot, could be. Um, But I always made sure that there is at least some kind of an activity 
throughout the week. So during Corona, I did a yoga like every day and it made me feel very good. But then when uh, Corona stopped and we actually were let out, I kind of, you know, I was kind of going up and down with it. Now, when I discovered this approach of focusing on one thing, building it and so on, which I did with the consistency in the content creation, now I wanted to do it with yoga and being physically active. So how this would look like is that I would plan to do yoga or to be, you know, to maybe walk or something, but I would not pressure myself to actually do it. I would let it be a choice in sense of if today something, I was doing something through the day, maybe the video took more time than I was expecting or something else came up. It was very easy for me to ditch the yoga part, to ditch the physical activity part. Let me know if that's also something you are experiencing. Like workout is the easiest thing to kind of scratch off and replace it with other things that you need to do. I just don't have it in me to see workout as a priority. I see everything else as a priority, even though I have workout scheduled, but if something comes up, workout goes off. Okay. Nothing else. So I had this approach and for whatever reason, it, I mean, there are probably reasons, um, you know, does required more effort or maybe the motivation wasn't the right, it kind of turned into me deciding not to do it, not to do the workout or yoga every time I had to do it. Every time it was scheduled, I would just reschedule. I would just, yeah, I didn't make it today. It came to a point where I started to even like a little bit resent the whole idea of workout. And not only that, I started to, I became like my mom. So my mom is from the generation where they weren't hit with the importance of physical health and, uh, you know, everything that, uh, let's say, the social media exposed us to, not even social media, but, you know, with all this, all work, workout and yoga, so you will be healthy and so on. No, she is an immigrant. She like hustled her whole life to provide good uh, life for me and my sister. And their focus was on surviving, not do I stretch enough, okay? So today at her 50s, she, when I suggest her to do some activity, some physical activity, because, you know, she's complaining about her, I don't know, back pain, neck pain, whatever, she looks at me like I'm an alien offering her rice. You see, in her mind, that's the dumbest thing someone could tell her. Workout is for young people. She's at a certain age. She knows what her body needs. She knows how her body functions and that's it. Which, you know, to each of their own. But that's how I started to think. I, when someone would tell me, yeah, you know, I'm going to the gym or I'm working out or I'm doing it. I started to look at them. Yeah. I don't know if, you know, workout is really for me. Bis? Where did that come from? What, what is happening? Since where? 
since when is workout not for me? Like, uh, insane. And I think that that is a consequence of using this compassion towards yourself a little bit too much in a little bit of a wrong approach. Like I said, when it came to the posting video content, the fact that I gave myself this compassion by saying post once per week compared to what I had before, like I wanted to post two times per week, do shorts, do Instagram, and yada, da, da, da. That actually helped me. And I kept posting once per week. And I, you know, it feels very good today. Now I feel like I can actually do the next step. When it comes to working out, that same approach with compassion kind of spiraled down. It kind of made me not wanting to do any exercise at all. It almost became, yeah, I'm not a workout person, okay? So basically having these two examples, uh, like I'm kind of realizing and learning that, um, yes, compassion with self-discipline. But you still need to acknowledge or I still need to acknowledge there are certain things that I maybe don't feel like doing anymore or I develop this resentment towards that, you know, won't benefit of having too much compassion. But you actually need to put yourself, push push yourself to do it because it's something that you need to develop. So when it comes to the video content and publishing, I managed to develop feeling good about self-disciplined. No, how did I say that? I managed to feel good when I am self-disciplined. Like I am actually experiencing self-discipline as a good thing, which when it comes to workout or in the past, even with things, I've never reached that feel good moment. Okay. I, it was always, I need like one day I'll be disciplined and I'll be happy. Right. And I never really, you know, got there and felt like, oh, like now I am disciplined and I feel good. And here's the thing. We both know that, you know, as much as it sucks to hear it and it's annoying to hear it, self-discipline is kind of, you know, it's a good thing. Disciplined people are happy people. They are. I mean, unless they took it too far, but... They are because they have a sense of control about what they're doing in life and they're not allowing everything else to control their day-to-day life. It's their decision and they're making the decision that it's actually good for them. Like I've talked about it before. Think about your coworker, the one that is prancing around all happy. Oh, I did all the work that I had to do. And you're there miserable because you're like, you just hate it. And you're thinking about, oh shit, I need to do those emails. I need to reply, but like what's on my, what's on the, you know, Instagram. Let me just procrastinate a little bit more. Which one is happier? Let's be real. Okay. Of course there is a, you know, a part of, do you actually like your job? But in the world where Liking your job is kind of, you know, maybe it will improve. Maybe it did improve. Maybe I'm a little bit, you know, um, how do you say, limited with my own perspectives and what I've seen. But it doesn't feel like people are really enjoying their work. You know, people are working because they need money. Then some people like it more, some people like it less. But it's still work. 
Either way, when you see people who are disciplined at work, they feel better because they actually have control of the work that they are doing. While I was the person that I would get into something, I would be focused, analyze for hours, do this, this, this. Then I would drop down. Then three days would pass when I wouldn't really be, you know, let's say productive at work or I wouldn't wouldn't really do the task that I needed to do. And then I would just feel like that this job is taking over my whole life. I feel miserable. But the days when came when I would actually do what I was set to do or reply to emails, I always felt good about it. I didn't feel like the job is taking over my life. But, you know, there is something there. Okay. I do believe it. And I also experienced it with, you know, some things that I did develop and I am disciplined at it. Like, you know, when I start watching a series, I finish it. It's discipline. Going further, now trying to find the balance between these two things, there are a couple of things that I need to take in consideration and that I am having in my mind. When I am trying to develop discipline or trying to do the things that I set myself to do, there will be attackers coming at me. And the number one attacker will be, you know, my brain, this thing up here. The only goal of my brain is to be safe. Okay. And safe usually means sit down, don't move and have a bunch of food and water so you can survive. Okay. That's it. We don't need to be heroes. We don't need to do, I don't know, go up the stairs. Let's just make it safe. And This safety, what my brain considers as safety, is also kind of set in stone by all the habits and experience I had so far. So I need to acknowledge that bringing in a new habit will make my brain want to protest and want to sabotage me and make my ass sit down. So that is an acknowledgement I need to have. Where When I feel like, okay, I need to do yoga today because I wanted to do yoga today, yesterday, so today I should do it, my brain is going to try to convince me that that's not the best thing. But if I do it a couple of times, like a week, two weeks, every time it will be easier because this safe zone, what is considered safe, it's going to be, oh wait, but if I go on a mat and I stretch and I do some push-ups, I'm still good. The matter of fact, it's not that, like, there was no danger. Yeah, okay, maybe I had to struggle a little bit, but I feel even better now. Like, that kind of becomes the part of the safe zone. That's how my mind works. That's how I'm understanding it. Like, call me cuckoo, but that's how I'm doing it. Did I explain it well? Yeah, so basically, I need to take in consideration that there is some resistance that will naturally happen in me, but I just need to acknowledge it and understand that I also need to resist back to actually make this resistance smaller uh, when it comes to what is actually good for me. Okay? Yes? Yes. The second thing is this definition of work-free success. I've talked about it before, so let me repeat it. There is no such thing as work-free success or effort-free success. Effort-free 
well-being, let's say. I myself was very much sold the idea that you sacrifice now, now to enjoy later. Meaning, if I need to work hard now, um, I'm doing it because eventually I won't have to work as hard. Okay, that's the whole idea. Now, the calculation, you know, that happened, having this belief was, look, if I am working hard now to one day not work as much, when I don't work and I procrastinate, I'm already successful. Like I don't work. That's what I'm aiming, right? That's what I'm after. Yeah, that's again how I think my brain works. Like how it takes certain beliefs and just, you know, does a little shortcut. The How is it? The path, the path of least resistance um, to make me do certain things or to make me think that, uh, you know, it's good to procrastinate when it's not good to procrastinate, when that procrastination hasn't, has, has, hasn't or haven't, doesn't have, <laughs> doesn't have a valid reason. So that's the second thing. And the third thing is, which comes into this valid or not valid reason is I need to work on my emotional intelligence. Again, I did a whole video about it, but the, the thing when it comes to balancing between being very disciplined and productive, but also, um, taking time for yourself when it's needed and not burn yourself out is how well are you using your emotional intelligence? Means when you do feel like you don't want to do something, you actually take the decision based on is the reason why you don't want to do something valid or not valid? If it's not valid, then you do it, even though you don't feel like it. A reason can be valid if I am genuinely tired, or if I genuinely have certain, I don't know, maybe I'm dealing with something, maybe I'm struggling with something, and it is just not the time to push myself to do that task, let's say. If, if I take, I don't know, editing a video, I need to edit a video, and then I don't feel like doing it. Do I feel that way because I'm tired? I've been editing for some time. I Maybe I was dealing with some things and I literally just need to rest a bit. I can't just push myself to do something. Or do I not feel like editing because, you know, uh, it makes, I need to, you know, push myself a little bit to do it. I would rather watch TV or be on social media. Or I, you know, there are some fears that, I'm allowing to take control of my action. Like maybe I'm afraid that, oh, is this video even good? Um, did, am I talking nonsense? Is the edit, will the editing be well enough? Are the colors good enough? You know, or is all of that actually preventing me, sorry, or is all of that actually preventing me to start editing the video? And when the answer is that there are just some fears or there is just, you know, uh, my brain is winning with the comfort zone, then I need to do it, do the text, task, sit down and edit the video uh, because that's actually good for me. That 
will take care of my well-being. If I don't do it, I'll just feel bad about it because the actual actual reason for not doing it was just, you know, was not made up, but was basically feeding itself, okay? Now, if the reason is valid, I genuinely do feel tired. I genuinely am dealing with something and I just cannot do it. Then again, what will actually take care of my well-being is taking that rest, is rescheduling, is focusing on recharging. So in both cases, the aim is to take care of your well-being. But the difference is understanding if this well-being is actually something that is truly good for me, or is it just something that is parading as being good for me, but in reality is just keeping me stuck in a place that maybe I don't really want to be. Okay. So that's when it comes to emotional intelligence and having that in mind every time that I need to decide to do yoga or to, I don't know, whatever my you know goals are. So far, it's doing yoga. Coming to that, there is also uh, another thing that I learned, especially with battling with screen addiction, and I'm going to talk about that soon. But um, becoming disciplined in something or developing a certain habit is not a choice I make, but are choices I make every day. What I mean by that is every time I would decide to introduce a new habit in in my life, something that I want for my life, I would think that that decision should carry, that motivation that I have at that point, should carry like through all of the days that are coming. So I decided I'm disciplined, so I should be. Deciding to be disciplined, deciding to do this every day, doesn't mean that it will just be easy to do it. What it actually happens is that every day I need to make the decision for that day. And when these days accumulate, then it will become more easier to make that decision and it will also become more part of my life. But it will be still a choice that I will make day in and day out. So today I'm making a choice to do the yoga or not do yoga. Tomorrow, it will again be a choice I'm making. I keep hitting this. I get. I have to get used to it. Um, tomorrow, there will be again this decision. It won't be because I did the decision yesterday. Today, it should be easier. It might be still very hard. It might be still very, you know, draining. And I might feel the resistance of thousand gods to roll out that mat. But I still have to make that choice. Okay? Nothing says that it will just, because I did it today, tomorrow it will be much easier. I think that maybe happens further down the line. And then I'm questioning if it ever really happens or you just get comfortable in making this choice, but you still make it every day. Okay, so maybe that will, you know, help also you to think of it that way. So this is basically how I'm going into the next year. Um, when it comes to setting habits or setting goals, I am acknowledging that I came, 
I did some part of it, like especially when it comes to content creation. I also understood from this experience that there are times that are actually needed for me to rest. There are times when I actually need to maybe change the environment. And that's something that I did like with video crea- content creation. I think I mentioned it. I'm sorry. Like my camera died a couple of times, so I don't even know anymore what I said. <laughs> Bear with me. Um, like going on Fridays out, that's a change of environment. Saturdays also sometimes, but just, you know, helping myself to still be productive because I can't really, or be productive, be disciplined in the decisions that I'm taking. Um, Because I can't like all the time be just in the same space and expect the same level of creativity or motivation. Uh, And I think I'm going to do that also when it comes to the physical exercise, where I do acknowledge that there I need to work more on pushing myself, like I don't like that word or expression, but you know, let me know if there is a better word for it. Showing up for myself a little bit more and for the, that I really need to, you know, develop this, this comfort of exercising again, because I've let it go so long to not do it or to every time have the easiness to ditch it, that now I'm just ditching it all the time. Like I need to acknowledge that and work on that but as i said if uh, if i see it like challenging maybe the thing that i can do is changing the environment my camera died again <laughs> but uh, i was saying basically going to a class of yoga or maybe going for a walk or just making sure that i push myself to do some physical activity i still leave some space to maybe change the type of activity when i really feel like you know, I need some diversity because I'm also diverse because I also I'm kind of like that. Some things I just like the consistency, but some things I just get bored quickly. So now before going to the second thing that I'm like bringing into or the second group that I'm bringing into 2024, I actually want to ask you, do you ever feel this pressure of discipline being counterproductive? And then also at the same time, not pressuring yourself to be disciplined, also backfiring. Like in, because you pressure yourself to be disciplined, you are not disciplined. But then also when you don't pressure yourself to be disciplined, you're also not disciplined. Or how does it work with you? Or how do you managing both? Like what, what's your strategy? Please help a girl out. Mary, I've been talking for (laughs) so long right now. I I don't know. I'm I'm thinking I think I'm going to warm up my coffee before we continue. Maybe you warm up yours also if you need it. Do you ever do that? Hmm? I know one person that does. <laughs> I'll be right back. Mary, are you ready? Okay. The second thing that I want to talk about is acknowledging acknowledging my shortcomings. And there are two main things, and I want to focus on the first one, which I feel like is uh, relatable, and it is screen addiction. It is a freaking problem. It is a pro. It's a challenge, and we can overcome challenges. (laughs) Some corporate um, injection in there. So here's the thing. 
I've did a couple, uh, how long ago? Maybe a month ago. Was it, is it already a month ago? Uh, a video on how I am battling screen addiction and, uh, you know, the reasons why am I doing it. And just to make it very short, it's because I feel like I'm almost, you know, becoming dumb in a way. Okay. And when I say becoming dumb, I'm talking about interacting with other people or the lack of need to interact with other people. Plus when you are in, or when I am interacting with other people, you know, sometimes I'm just like, how do you do this thing again? Okay. And I do think it's very much connected with social media, the screen addiction or every, so much entertainment that we have through the phones, through the TV that you don't even need to, you know, uh, develop any connections or, you know, enrich your life in any way with other people. You just do it with your phone. And that is not one of my wishes for my life. Like one of the, let's say logos or not logos. How do you say slogans? Is it slogan or a phrase? So the, the basic thing from, for my channel or the basic phrase is to trust your individuality. And the other one is to connect authentically. On one hand, it's like trusting your individuality. And on the other hand is also, that doesn't mean that I'm me, I'm an individual and like I uh, independent and I don't need other people and da da da. But actually taking that and being very conf confident in sharing it with another person and being open to accept what the other person individuality is, the beauty in their individuality and also accept that. It is also very valuable to me to actually have friends, to actually have good, authentic connections with people around you, apart from, you know, having the right partner and so on. And with social media and screen addiction, I feel like that is going down. Like it's not helping me at all. And I, to be, and I need to be active in it. Like we've seen so many videos about being lonely, not having friends and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, we would also say, oh, we are introverts and so on. And that could be totally true. But we cannot neglect the fact that we are probably becoming more and more introverted and lazy to hang out with people or not knowing how to hang out with people because we are stimulated on a daily basis with other interactions. And those interactions are more passive way of interacting. Like I'm just sitting and watching and whatever I have in my mind, it can only be in my mind. Maybe I scream sometimes, maybe I don't, you know, but it's just me in that uh, tunnel with my, uh, with the person on the, on my phone or on the TV. And there's no real interaction, real exchange. So I do really want to work on being better at being more social outside or craving that social part. And you do that by not being on your phone so much, not being dependent on looking at social media for updates or to get entertained or to have some fun, some laugh. So that's how I'm thinking. If I'm excluding that out, then my desire to actually go out and be social is increasing because as human, I still do need that connection. That's why we're so connected to the phone. Because that, like that um, feeling that you are connecting with other people is very easily accessible, right? But I myself or for myself, I want to 
take it away from the phone, right? And actually have it in real life, actually organizing like a meetup or when I go out uh, or when I go to, I don't know, a, a dance class or something to actually like have a conversation with the person that's standing next to me and not being afraid. Hmm. Like I'm suspicious if, uh, if this is like a good person or it's not a good person. What about, I mean, you know, let's just stay away. I'm going to watch my Stephanie. So at home, get it. So I've did a whole video on it and then some other reasonings, but let me tell me, let me tell you people, I've been good for a month. Heads down to me. Okay. Heads, thank you to me. Okay. And then down, 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 down. Yep. It went down. Now it happened during Christmas and New Year's where, you know, we are all at home. My sister was visiting. It was such a nice time. But at the same time, you know, when you have those mornings when you're just sitting or when you're cooking or when you're doing something, it became so easy to just grab the phone and just be on the phone. Um, even though I had people around me, right? It's, uh, yeah, it's kind of strange, but it's also not strange because also people around me are very used to be you know, on the phone or watching something on TV, then of course you cannot say, oh, you people are guilty that I did that. That's not, that's, that's not the case because you need to build your own resistance independent of the people around you. And my resistance is just not there. And I repeat, it is not because other people were doing it. I wanted to do it. I wanted to just grab my phone and look on my phone for a little bit before we head out and do something. And, and maybe it even started like a, a couple of days before the visits when I was just in this anticipation for the visits. And then I would just be, you know, doing things around the house. You know, you need to have it squeaky clean when someone is staying with you. That's how my mom taught me. <laughs> Sometimes it was trauma. And I would just, you know, put on some things to listen to, put on some things to watch while I'm doing that. And here's the thing. I personally am struggling with finding the balance between consuming content that is good to me, that is good for me. Uh, maybe I learned something. I think one of the viewers even put it in the comments that sometimes it's good to consume certain content because it opens your eyes about something or it makes you interested in something. And I 1000% agree. Also, like I am the type of person that really likes to, I don't know, it's analytical side of me or just curiosity in me. I don't know. But I really like to hear about um, like, I don't know, documentaries or like things that are happening in society, like documentary style or, um, you know, I think I'm, I, I'm not, I, I'm not unique in any regards to that. I know a lot of people do that. And it does open a lot of like understanding and then also the thoughts and insights that I have about society, about women, men, how we are and so on, or in the relationship, in dating and things like that. So I love that. It's perfect. But the problem becomes where, where is when it becomes over-consuming. So when it's just video after video, after video, after video, or there are videos that are just 
not really they don't give me anything it's just gossip it's just drama or when they do give me something valuable there's also a lot of things that don't give me any value you know i don't really need to know about this tiktok that do did this and this and it's the same uh lesson as uh, many people have it oh i just noticed this and on top of that the habit of doing this Just opening, checking, closing. And here's the thing. Let's say I was receiving so many messages. I was, you know, I'm a business lady or I'm an influencer that, you know, needs to reply. And it's, no, 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 no. I am very, like, minimal active on social media, meaning like posting my things. And I want to kind of change it because I have so many things I could post, but then I just don't post it. And, you know, we need to work on some <laughs> inner things. Um, but just this habit of checking, just grabbing the phone, it's like a habit. I'm not even, there's nothing particular that I'm looking for. There is not, I'm just taking it. That's it. And even though it's been a month where I was really good at not doing it and I, you know, it was basically off, off grid in a way, um, it started again. And the thing is that when I started it, I understood that I need to treat it as an addiction. I need to treat it as something that it became so ingrained in my day-to-day -day life that is basically, yeah, it's almost like I can't live without it in a way, right? That's kind of a, uh, considered an, an addiction. And it kind of falls into the same thing as with developing habits. It is a choice every day. And like I said, going into it, like when I did also that video, I think I even mentioned it. I have that understanding that this is going to be hard, right? Or that this is a thing that I need to work on. But when some time passed when I was doing it, I kind of felt like now I have control over it. Now I can take my phone and just watch one video. And here's the thing. It starts like that. It started like that. I would just take my phone, watch one, one video, and okay. But then half an hour passes and I'm like, but wait, I can, I can watch another video. Like I can, it's okay. I, 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 got, I got this. And then suddenly I didn't have it anymore. Even today, like also setting everything up, something had to be in the background. Something had to be talking, some podcast, something. And, and it made me tired. It did make me tired. But still, it's, it's difficult to just let it go. So continuing now, I need to, you know, again... Like I said, you go up, you go down, and I just need to see it that, okay, I went a little bit down, and I'm going to go up again. Uh, I think I even said it that going into it, I accept that I will fail, right? But what I think I thought at that time was more failing in a day will happen when I won't do it. What I didn't really, you know, think about is the trick that I convinced myself that now I can handle it. Like now I'm not that addicted to the screen. Uh, and then I can just, uh, you know, if, uh, I don't know, a month or two months passes and now I can do it. Like that 
thing I didn't really think about that, you know, that's not really the reality because I'm not there yet where I can have control in how much am I consuming or reaching for the phone. Okay. So that's what I need to go into it, acknowledging and, you know, shutting the phone down. Okay. Putting on some uh, winter wonderland music, you know, the lo-fi something that actually helps. And uh, focusing on doing th other things than going on the phone. The second thing, again, has to do with my self-employed. Why am I doing this? You see, I'm still kind of just trying to even see this as, you know, a business and not just something, oh, I'm posting videos on YouTube, right? Even though I took the decision, I spend my savings and everything, I guess some part of me still really struggles to see this as business. And that's the shortcoming, shortcoming. And that's the thing that I need to acknowledge about myself. I want to make this as a business, but I would always say that I am just not good at selling. I'm not good at, you know, the business part of things. And it's kind of interesting because like <laughs> I worked a year and a half, no, two, you know, year and a half as a salesperson, a direct salesperson, no multi-level marketing, nothing like that. It was like a legit company. I wasn't paid based on how much I, you know, all, the, all those uh, things, but I did have a direct contact with the customer and I didn't really like it. Like I didn't like convincing people to buy a certain thing because I'm telling them that it's good. Because the thing is that even though I would never like lie or anything, it still felt like if I'm telling you that this is good and you should try it, then there is something like sinister. Like, why am I trying to convince you? Yeah, you will see it on its own. Get it? There is somehow this kind of ingrained in me. And also, I was always like my belief system was very much based on education is the thing that gives you credit, right? If I have a degree in something, if I have a corporate experience in something, though not even corporate experience, because there are like, for example, my degree is civil engineering. If I ever had to give some knowledge about civil engineering, like I would feel much more confident in that, even though I'm not even working as civil engineer at all like for years, just because I have a degree in it. But when it comes to, for example, marketing, I've been working in marketing for five years. I have a lot of experience in it. I would not feel as confident to sell that because, well, I didn't really do a marketing school, right? So when it comes to YouTube, and the content that I'm making, which is a content based on my experience, the things that I'm, you know, let's say passionate, passionate about, like understanding relationship, understanding oneself, and then just sharing how am I going uh, through life with all these insights that, you know, cross my way. Or if I watch a movie and, you know, certain questions, society, so, so, social questions that come and so on. I still feel like this is not something that I can also turn into business apart from what YouTube gives me, okay, AdSense. 
Now, I'm also going to be very uh, honest in saying that even talking like this, like about this makes me feel uncomfortable because I immediately think about all those people who will um, attack me for saying this, uh, like thinking that I should make this as a business because I myself feel like because I don't have a degree in uh, uh, life experiences, whatever that means, or I don't have like a psychology degree or um, I'm not a licensed therapist or something, that I shouldn't be talking or providing services for someone who is um, like uh, providing services about like my life experience and what I think is good and works for me. And the thing is that that's something that I need to work on. Because if I truly want to make this as my business, and if I truly want to do this as part of my life, then I need to feel comfortable that what I'm actually providing is valuable. So here's the thing. I like that I have this view of me or this perception because I know that then I will make sure that, you know, the things are like good and valuable. And, uh, you know, I like that about myself. I don't want to be someone who just feels like, oh, because I have an experience, now I can earn money with it. That's just not how I function. And that's okay. But at the same time, it's also preventing me to actually make business from this, to actually make money. Like I've been at this now for two years and people, I didn't put any effort in doing anything else apart from just posting a video. I didn't, uh, I didn't feel comfortable. I still don't to maybe do something that is, I don't know, locally, like, uh, uh, organizing an, um, um, a workshop or an event where I could actually bring other people that I could, uh, you know, we could share with each other, build a community and things like that. And I could also charge for it, you know, charge for the, I mean, you need to organize the venue and and also what I'm bringing to the table. Like I didn't do any of that, even though I feel like I could do it. Like I have things to share and I see other people do it. But, you know, I'm just like, oh shit, but I don't have a degree. So what is actually making me... um, how do you say, qualified to talk about these things. So I really want to learn that having experience, being interested in certain things that people are maybe not interested in, being good at conveying things or explaining things, uh, that's also valuable, right? I can actually make a business from it. It's almost like I have this strange relationship with money and paying for things. So that's something I really want to work on. Because I do want to do this, but I just also need to kind of be okay with myself to actually develop my business skill, right? Uh, and not just relying on maybe YouTube will be it. Now, before going to the last thing, like what I'm focusing on shaping 2024, I want to ask you, do you have any shortcomings? I mean, okay, maybe it's a, a dumb question, but... Anything that you know that it's kind of keeping you from you actually doing the things that you want to do. And instead of just saying, oh, I'm not that kind of person, because that's the thing, right? When I don't see business, when I lack or, or struggle with creating business out of, you know, 
me uh, talking shit that sounds so, you know what I mean, okay? With me sharing my life, let's say, I say that I'm just not the business type of person or I'm just not a sales type of person. I don't have that thing. And that's kind of preventing me to actually doing it and developing it. While if I acknowledge it as a shortcoming, as something that I can work on, then I actually can work on. Then I can say, okay, it's not that I don't, I'm not a a business type of person. I just don't have the skills developed for it. So let me develop these skills. Do I need to watch some webinars? Do I need to read some books? Do I need to work on this self-trust? So is there something in your life that is kind of like a shortcoming, but you just gave up and look, and now you look at it, oh, I'm just that type of person, or I just don't know how to do that. Let me know in the comments below. And let's go to the third thing, which is redefining success. Let's take a sip. Since I warmed up, warmed my coffee, I took one sip. It's been half an hour. Yep, cold again. Okay, the third thing that I am taking into 2024, and it's been a huge part of my 2023 ending, is understanding what success actually means for me. So how I'm approaching this is, if I shut out everything that I know about being successful and making it, what is actually that I want to do and what would actually be already successful for my life? That's it. Now, I want to tell you a little bit of a story of how I came to this understanding. So I come from an, uh, like my parents were immigrants that moved to a country that could offer a better financial and economical status, let's say, or make it a little bit more easier to survive. And they worked very hard to provide me and my sister a a normal life. Now, this was a paycheck to paycheck type of life. Now, let me be very clear. My parents provided me and my sister everything that we needed, okay? There was no lack that I would say I was sleeping on the floor. I was not eating. None of that. Okay. None of that. And that's an actual struggle, but we were living paycheck to paycheck. Like they would work hours. Like my mom would go to work for 10 hours, come home and then work another five hours. You know, it was okay. It was that type, but we were never lacking. Now, obviously knowing that life and then seeing maybe how some of other people lived when they have their parents were like citizens, they had different, uh, you know, opportunities and experience. Um, that's what I, that what, that was what I saw as success. If my parents are now struggling paycheck to paycheck, I just want to make sure to have a better job and have a consistent salary. So, you know, my car doesn't get declined at the grocery store. That was success. And that was where I was going towards. And I was doing it. I was good at school. And then I also progressed like university and good education and all that jazz. Now, around 20, I would say 20-ish, and I think that's, usually when people get into into it 
Uh, I got into the self-help industry and more specifically the self-help when it comes to business. Because self-help is also like spirituality and so on. But this was more like, you know, be self-made, create your own business and you can do it with the passive income. Or the initial start was even like how to build a better career at work, how to, I was following Brian Tracy and he was talking about the sales and blah, blah, blah. You see, I, I've, I've been in contact with sales from early on, but somehow it just doesn't stick. Um, and... Uh, so yeah, so basically I was following all of this and then suddenly, okay, what happened is the desire of me just living a more safer and comfortable life than my parents lived. Okay. Meaning just having a nice job, not like working hard every day to provide, um, having a steady salary based on like my education what was that like considered as success and I would be happy suddenly wasn't enough. Suddenly I needed to be up there. Suddenly I can be more. I don't need to just have a good job and a good salary and like live my life. No, no, no. Now I need to have a yacht. Now I need to have three houses and a vacation house somewhere. Like, I don't know if you experienced it, uh, but that's most definitely how I lived it. And here's the thing, you know, also have in mind that I'm like, I'm 34 years old now. And when I got introduced into self-help, it wasn't like when people today get introduced into self-help where there is also a lot of awareness how this is not really, you know, all that easy peasy and whatever, easy peasy. <laughs> um I think I was more in the time where, you know, it was kind of a boom of these things. So it was very easy to believe everything you were told. And I think that the masses almost, like a lot of people fall into this thing, right? When you can't even, like where you are working even on basics, but you want the extraordinary. Like even reaching the basics is not enough. Now you want to reach something out there. Now, I try to understand why does this happen? Why didn't I just stay at the level where, you know, I would be totally fine and okay if I would just live like a level or maybe even two levels because, you know, the development from my parents to me, like in 20 years, a lot of, a lot changed, that that would be already enough, right? How come I got so hooked up and now that now it needs to be even, you know, I don't know, tens of thousands of euros per month, not just two, and I would be happy. So the main thing that I came across is that there is an, a need, deep-rooted need in every human for growth or transformation, you know, to change something in their life or change their life. Uh, recognition, like being validated and having a st status in society and then being fulfilled, like reaching some kind of meaning and fulfillment. And when, if I apply that to, you know, the experience of how, what I wished when I was younger for, and then what I wished when I was exposed to all these possibilities, it's kind of like this, the potential of being a, a, even a millionaire is much more transformative. It's much more uh, recognized by society as the right status. And what's interesting 
this is how I see it. And, you know, maybe like, I'm not saying this is how everyone sees it or anything as of any of my experiences, but it's almost like the idea of fulfillment is connected to people who are rich or have some kind of wealth and success. It's almost like you need to be, you have to have some financial wealth in order to also be fulfilled. People who are successful and have businesses, those are the people who are fulfilled. Somehow that connection is being made. Which, then of course today we know better, is not really like that, right? Yes, money can help you, you know, um, struggle less, but that doesn't mean that just because someone has a lot of money or is a millionaire or is a celebrity or whatever, they are fulfilled. And it doesn't mean that if uh, that the only recognition in society or be respected in society uh, is if you're going to have like a high status. It doesn't mean that you will transform your life or you will like, you know, fulfill these needs that you have as human for whatever reason. I couldn't really understand why do we even have these desires. It's not that my life needs to totally be different to fulfill that need of transformation. For me, the transformation would already be to just having a little bit better life than my parents, like not needing to struggle as much. I feel like we kind of lost touch, and maybe I can talk only for myself, with what will actually already make you feel happy. Also because, it just came to my mind, you know the whole thing about traveling, for example, that was my wish always. But I always saw it that I can only do that when I have, you know, money, when I'm earning, I don't know how much, not even like normal living. It was more about when I have, like when I become a millionaire, then I can travel, then I will travel. Somehow it was connected and maybe it comes down to, you know, that uh, maybe people who are from, let's say, lower economical countries or I, yeah. That's just my experience. Or like from immigrant parents where you are the second generation of building something in that country, but your parents were the first generation. So they mean it means that they were really at zero. Um, then for, my, for, my, for me, I know that uh, traveling was always a luxury while maybe for my classmate, which, you know, they were... I don't know, they were like third, fourth generation already in the same country. So they already built something. Um, traveling was not such a crazy thing. But for me, basically, it became that traveling is only when you are really, you know, really rich. And I wouldn't travel for a long time. Now, there were also other aspects like, you know, you need to have the right partner for these things. And I've talked about it um, in my, I think, the right partner video. But I also had the mindset that this is not something that I can do unless I have a certain money. And that's, I think, maybe comes together with this fulfillment that successful people have. Oh, success. Of course, successful people reach fulfillment because now they can do whatever they want. Now, let me tell you, when I had my moment of terror and when I, you know, everything kind of went down and then I had to take the decisions and quit my job. I went traveling. I took the leap and I was like, I'm going to go and travel. 
come closer. You can travel even if you're not rich. You can actually have fun even if you're not rich. You can actually experience things and be fulfilled even if you're not rich. Okay? Okay. That is reality. Now, does it mean that the travel that I experience is a budget travel versus, I don't know, a millionaire private, uh, traveling in private jet? Yes, yes. There's a difference. There's 100% of dif- difference. Am I experiencing something that I want in my life? And I act- am I actually doing it with what I have? Yes. Even though I'm looking for budget restaurants, I don't give an F. Today, I have an album where I can go through and say, damn, I did this. I went here. I traveled. Now, of course, you do need to have some, you know, savings. You do need to maybe do some extra money on the side. Or if you have a good salary, you need to do some saving. Uh, like, uh, you know, you need to uh, spend in a conscious conscious way. You do need to have some money. If you're going, um, like you're really earning a minimal salary, then of course that's it's not like, oh, I can still travel, but there are ways to find still uh, things that will make you fulfilled. Or the thing is that why don't we just work on that extra step? If I'm earning a minimal salary and I feel like I can't afford to travel or I can't afford to go out for dinner, why can't I just try to understand, well, how can I maybe make some extra money? Can I pet board dogs? Can I, I don't know, babysit? Can I go and uh, help in that restaurant on the weekends? Or maybe go online or do something digital on there. Somehow, at least for me, it happened that that wish wasn't really uh, inspiring enough. Wasn't really, oh, let me just make more money and then I can do it. No, it like I said before, it was immediately this grand thing. But what I'm learning is It takes a lot less to actually be happy in your life and make your life what you want it to be. I'm not saying it easy, but I am saying you do not have to be a millionaire. You do not have to um, grind and hustle and throw all your life away for you to have that magical uh, 100,000 per month or whatever just for you to be happy. Because here's the thing, right? All this aspiration to, let's say, be a millionaire or successful, it comes with so much pressure and so much um, roller coaster journey. And not a lot of people are cut out for that. Like, I, I, and you know, when you hear people saying, oh, you're not cut, you are not that successful because you are not cut out for it. Like, I've heard, you know, these experts say, uh, you're just not cut out enough. No, how do you say? I don't know the expression, but you know what I mean. Like, you just don't want it enough. You just, okay, okay, I don't. I guess I don't. But here's the thing. Does that mean that I'm not successful? Does that mean that I do not have a nice, uh, like, awesome life? Is it not enough if I just, you know, maybe you want me to do this? But what about if I do this and I still live a pretty damn good life? And that, I feel like it kind of helps me focus, take the pressure away from needing to reach this grandiosity, and then focus on uh, what will actually just make me happy today, 
And what do I need to work on to achieve a life or to build my life even more in a way that I can afford those things even more or that I can actually do it. But it does come to being successful or making it is not just the definition that we were presented through the media, through the, like, okay, media, phone, TV, whatever, or by society, okay? That's not the only definition of success. Celebrities are not the only ones successful. The uh, Mary living across the street that can afford uh, one or two times per year vacation, that can go into the store and actually actually buy uh, berries or bananas and doesn't need to just buy frozen, uh, I don't know, uh, what would I don't even know what would be considered as a a cheap unhealthy frozen thing because frozen things are good but I don't know pizzas okay let's say pizza she meets with her friends now and then she invites them to dinner she goes to dinner and you know she's living a good life with her husband or even alone it depends what she wants but she's also pretty damn successful and she's not a millionaire And that's the approach that I want to have in my life when it comes to success. Actually acknowledging what is already giving me success or the life that I want and what is that minimum minimum needed to reach other things that I want. For example, if I want to travel in March, okay, I need to earn this much money for the trip. How can I earn it? How can I get that extra money? Okay, like I said, I'm pet boarding. I have dogs that I sit, sit, and, it, and it's perfect because I also love dogs. So until I get my own dog here, I can, you know, have that love with them. That's it. What is the minimum needed that I can afford a little bit more or that I can provide for my family? What I'm trying to introduce back into my life is that su- success doesn't have to be this extraordinary thing, but it can actually be pretty ordinary. It just has to provide me and in my life the satisfaction I I want and I need. And the things that I want to do is, like I said, I just don't want to live paycheck to paycheck. I would like to work for myself if that's possible. And that's already like a huge success. Like I know this is privileged to even say that you have an opportunity to try and do something on your own. And this opportunity most definitely came from the work I did in corporate. So I'm not, you know, bashing anything. I'm going to try this. Now, would I ever want to try this if I wasn't fed this idea? I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't. Probably I wouldn't. Uh, But here I am. And now I know it. And now I want to achieve it. I also don't want to sacrifice my life for business. I do want to find a balance where I still enjoy life because I've learned from the past that the one day never comes, okay? Um, And I just, you know, I I became much, much better at actually acknowledging day-to-day life and how to have fun more frequently and not sacrifice everything for work. Because... I can live pretty good also. Also, if I go back to corporate, okay, that's okay. Because I'm going to focus on enjoying my life. Okay, then it will be a little bit more, of course, I won't work for myself, but it would probably be easier to afford a vacation when I want or to afford like education for my kids if I'm blessed to have them one day. It's kind of me 
replacing this idea of success being a material prosperity, what we feed, what we, you know, we are feeding ourselves with. Um, it's not enough to have Adidas, you need to have Gucci and changing it with, well, what will actually make me feel successful? And for me personally, it will make me very successful if I could, of course, work, but also enjoy life and actually experience and travel and meet with friends and go out for a dinner, you know, maybe more than just for my birthday and focus on building that. Now, before we close this, obviously, I also have a question when it comes to the success part. And it is, what is success for you? What would you be after if you were a millionaire? Or if you reach the success, the grandiose success that you might think means you are being successful? What would you actually be after? And if, if it would be like good relationships, uh, uh, stable, I don't know, income or friends, being social, going to, um, like I said, travel maybe every now and then. And if you have, like, if that would be your actual success, you, you would be after that even having all the money. Is there a way to actually bring that into your life without the need to be a millionaire? Maybe it can be a version that it's not so grandiose, but could there be ways that you could already do it? Could you already acknowledge what's good in your life and then just see, hmm, I would like to go to dinner once or twice per month. How can I do that? Do I need to save money on this uh, grocery? Do I need to save mon money on this makeup or on this uh, video game? I don't know. This was so stereotypical. Oh, makeup and video games. That's what popped into my mind. Okay, sue me. Think about that. Let me know. And yeah, uh, this is it. I hope you had fun. I hope you had some good stimulation in discussions also on your side. Let me know in the comments below. And as always, trust your individuality. Hallelujah. <laughs>